This morning's passage, it, it's, it's joyful. So um, my prayer, Lord, is that I can deliver this with joy. And it might not seem like that uh, on the surface, but you know, the idea that I want to explore with you this morning is that we should mutually submit to each other like Christ did and do it for Christ. And actually, what that mutually submitting means, we'll explore uh, together now. So the book uh, of Ephesians, the letter from Paul, in the first half of the letter, it is, you know, Paul kind of talking about the wonderful gift of the church. And then towards the latter half of it, he's steering us towards the conduct that we should have as family members of Jesus's family, the church. You know, and specifically from our passage today, it's about our attitude towards being a part of this family. And by that I mean Christ's church as a family. You know, ultimately what Paul is saying is if you are part of Christ's church, then the goal is that our attitude is towards having no divisions and having no barriers and that there being no discrimination. You know, and he gives an instruction for how we can actually contribute towards that type of family. And that instruction that Paul gives in the letter to the Ephesians is submission. So there's lots of emphasis within uh, the reading today uh, about the word submission or um, uh, subjecting, obeying and following. Those sorts of words uh, are kind of threaded throughout it. But there's also a really strong use of the word love and loving. It, It appears throughout it. And that's because really love, and hence my kind of this passage is joyful, That is behind a lot of the instructions that Paul is giving in this letter to us as Christians. You know, and there are big themes of hierarchy in this passage. And like, thank you, Kyle, for like pointing it out. Um, You know, there's husbands and wives, there's parents and there's children, there's masters and there's there's slaves. You know, and on the surface, it looks like this could be quite a kind of spiky bit of the Bible that we might be not that comfortable with. You know, and you know, it could be suggestions of sexism or you know, parental forcefulness and even like uh, you know, acceptance of slavery. But, but it's not that. Okay? I, uh, as Richard was alluding to, I'm a student at Trinity Theological College. And one of the modules that uh, we're studying is how to preach. And um, one of the, in one of the lectures, the lecturer actually said, you know, one day you may have to preach on a really difficult part of the Bible, like Ephesians 5, where it says wives. <laughs> uh, and I already knew what Ian had given me to preach on, so I did think, great, that would be good. Um, you know, it's identified as a tricky passage to preach on, like, and it could be, but also it isn't, because the message that Paul is saying here is quite pure and it's quite simple you know but the difficulty lies in how we actually actually execute the advice in practice that Paul gives us so I want to just I want to focus on a very specific couple of sentences from the reading this morning and they are from verses 21 and verses 22 on page 192 be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ and Wives, submit to your husbands as you are to the Lord. So just drawing in on that husbands and wives part, you know, let's talk about the the kind of the elephant in the passage. You know, wives submit to your husbands. 
you know, some have tried to use this scripture as, you know, encouraging blockers towards gender equality or female leadership and, you know, generally use it as a bit of grit towards um, the liberalisation of society. The wife and husband comment here from Paul, it is a handle, okay? It's an example for what us, as followers of Christ, should be prioritising in our attitudes, you know? And I want to step out of gender roles, and I want to step out of age profiles, you know, and what I want to instead propose here is that what Paul is saying, when he says wives, husbands and wives, he is talking about our attitudes as leaders and followers. Now, in the time when this letter was written, there is no doubt that the prevalent attitude of society was one where husbands were the leaders. Okay, it was undisputed because of their gender, you know. And what Paul saying, husbands, uh, wives submit to your husbands, that's a to- totally appropriate way of drawing the eye of the reader to the concept of a leader and a follower. Okay, so this sermon is not going to be a deconstruction of gender roles in the New Testament or you know, uh, go into any deep arguments about natural leadership. But in Ephesians, when it says husbands... And wives, when it says masters and slaves, when it says parents and child, it is a structure that is demonstrating a leader and a follower, of which we are all followers sometimes, and then sometimes you are also a leader. So let's just park any kind of uh, gender kind of focus here about husbands and wives and think actually it's about leaders and followers. You know, and a leader can be male or female or young and old, and a follower can be male or female or young and old and a parent and a child. You can be any in that mixture. So, wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord. I want to just, again, just narrow down on one very specific word in that sentence, which is helpful. So, we read today in the um, NRSV version of the Bible that says, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, And wives, be subject to your husband as you are to the Lord. It is worth looking at alternative ways that this sentence has been um, uh, translated in alternative English uh, biblical translations. So um, we've got NRSV up there. Wives, uh, be subject to your husbands. Um, There's also uh, the NIV version. I'm a common user of the NIV version of the Bible. So wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Um, And just starting with that one, this submission word. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word submit or submission. So just to to share a bit about myself, I am one of uh, three boys, all very close in age. And I also had two male cousins also of the same age and we lived near each other. So we were generally just like this gang of five unruly um, boys growing up. So my mum and aunt... Uh, very patient people. We were always wrestling, okay, just fighting and wrestling and rucking and just playing around in the garden wherever we could uh, do it. And actually, the word submit, what I'm always drawn to when I hear that word is of one of my older brothers or cousins having me in some sort of painful headlock or armlock, and I would have to say, like, submit, I give up, because that was what you'd do in wrestling. You know, in that context, submission was. You know, it was rolling over. It was giving up. It was accepting that you had lost. You know, it was a defeat. But submissions in Ephesians does not mean that. And to help 
kind of see that, it's good to see how it has been written in alternative translations, but still in English. So um, the easy-to-read version of the Bible, which sounds great to me, it says, wives, be willing to serve your husbands. And in the message version, it says, wives, understand and support your husbands. And in, in a, there's a, an Orthodox Jewish Bible, uh, which is a, a Hasidic cultural expression of the Messianic Bible, which is literally a quote there because I wouldn't know that. Um, it says, wives, make yourselves accountable to your husbands. And um, uh, Elita helped me translate submit and commit into Cantonese's Senglok. Senglok. So hopefully that helps you guys kind of contextualize that word a bit better. So, subject, submit, be willing, understand and support, make yourself accountable. Like, maybe like one of those will stick out to you as something which is like, actually, that's a really great way to like conduct my attitude. You know, it's not rolling over. It's not giving up, it's not a defeat, you're not being oppressed and crushed by this situation, but rather it's a really wonderful way of being in a relationship which can like transform us and bear fruit. I was, I was really like moved by the like make yourself accountable, like so we as followers should make ourselves accountable to our leaders, like what a way to put it. Um, you know, if you like make yourself and conduct yourself and check your thoughts and your actions so that if somebody was like looking you over like your leader and they said, yeah, you're up to scratch, you're good, then that's like a really strong attitude to like live by and a way of conducting yourselves. So then, if this is the instruction that Paul gives, like how do we actually submit and subject ourselves in the light of Christ? The scripture here is clear that we should submit. You know, if you are a follower, you submit to your leader. Uh, you know, and if you're a leader, which is a more unique position, you still submit mutually back to your followers. You know, we want to submit because it is an act of reverence to Christ. Christ came to earth and he submitted himself. He was a servant and he was also a dedicated leader. You know, we are doing what he did and we are doing it for his glory. And the fact that we are accountable to God for all of our actions and conduct if we're trying to kind of copy what Jesus did, then that's a good kind of starting point as an attitude. And John, uh, last week, if you heard his sermon, was mentioning like being a copycat to Jesus, try and copy and do what he did. Jesus was a submissive servant in many contexts, and we must copy him in that. You know, and furthermore, the husband and wife analogy in the, in the letter of Ephesians, it's more, uh, it can also help us understand like, the relationship between us as a church and Jesus as our follower, as our leader. You know, we are Christ's church. Jesus is the groom. We are his bride. You know, and the passage is clear here that Jesus is the groom. He goes to great lengths for the holiness and the correctness of us as a church. Just going back to verse 25 to verse 27, it says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word, so as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. Like This is a real like gentle dip into the good news of salvation here. You know, 
it makes sense that you know God didn't just make us and Jesus didn't just save us to be nice and holy and beautiful and like this unblemished church. Um, but the good news I want to draw out here is that as a church, if we submit to our leader, if you submit to our leader, which is Jesus, in loving service and in selflessness, this submission is a wonderful, joyful thing, which is why I think this is a joyful passage here. And why is it wonderful and why is it joyful? Because you can then grow away from an attitude of like, I'll just sort myself out. I'm fine, so it's okay. You know, if, if any of us ever think, um, you know, these problems in society, they're fine because it's not affecting me at the moment. Or like, oh, my neighbor's needs, that's not a problem because I have everything that I need. That's not being a good follower of Jesus. You know, and to go back to the analogies that Paul weaves throughout it, you wouldn't class yourself as a good husband or a good wife or a good parent or a good child if your family or your partner was like in great need and you just shrugged and said, well, it's not affecting me. That would, you know, you'd easily understand how you could classify that as not being a great attitude. And Paul is encouraging the opposite of that. You know, how does this all affect us here in St. Matthew's? Uh, it's been mentioned a couple of times this morning. Ian, uh, he stepped forward a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, he's prayed and he feels that he's discerned that this church family needs to do something about the, the kind of dark and horrible winter that is going to uh, be ahead for many who are going to struggle. Submit, be willing, support and understand, um, be accountable for the situation that is happening um, in our city. You know, this is where Ephesians is directly talking into St. Matthew's. You know, I, I do want to temper this a little bit. It doesn't mean you sign up for everything. It doesn't mean you, like, run yourself ragged uh, because submission is a, uh, it's a complicated and it's a thoughtful process, but it is an attitude that that's where you want to be going, okay? It means that you aren't, we aren't just checking that our situation is okay and our families are okay, um, or, you know, at least our mind is being attuned to thinking, you know, am I truly submitting myself to, to my leader, which is Jesus, um, like he deserves. And when we do that submission, it is not oppression. It's not me losing in a wrestling match to a brother. It is a transformation through that experience. It's not giving into another's will, it's a liberation. And this sort of total submission, um, it doesn't feel like a burden. It doesn't end up being another drain on our time and resources. But actually, it's a joy to serve God in uh, this kind of willingness to help others and to, to lift them up from whatever position they're in. And, you know, that is how Christ was. Uh, and it's how, it's how Eden will be for us all. You know, and it's how God intended to work with us. So if I can leave you with one uh, kind of catchy thought to end. In the NIV, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Um, to me, that feels like St. Matthew, submit yourself to Jesus. Amen.